Hello, 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 and welcome to this topical life today. Today is Memorial Day, and we've got our Rachel Payne with us to talk about all the things because there's a lot to talk about. And I'll just be honest and say, I have no notes. I have only thoughts. And I don't even know where to start with my thoughts. So I'm glad Rachel's here to, <laughs> to be untangle. <laughs> Lots of processing to be had, I believe, with all that's going on. But uh, I had mentioned on stories on Instagram that this was going to be a talk about uh, life, what's happening on like what's happening around us, current events, and then also talking about meds. But I think I'm going to leave the meds part for a different podcast because I'm waiting for a couple of people to get back to me about their experience with starting meds. But I can assure you right now, I am definitely on meds because, <laughs> because, 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 and have been have to be, yeah, it seems as though we have to be to get through these things right now. I don't know, but, um, that's a whole other conversation and lots to talk about with that. And so many different points of view about medications and experiences with that. So definitely want to make that a podcast in and of itself, but for now, Rachel's with us. Rachel, tell us your update about moving. What's the countdown now? What's the okay, Texas countdown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, June. End of June. We're almost in end June, of June now. Yeah, so I know. Like four so, weeks. Four weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. End of June. It's not me. I'm not, it's nothing's getting easier in terms of me like feeling happy about it. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Um We'll just take it, take it a day at a time, trying not to think about it. Honestly, I've been distracting myself with other things like the Johnny Johnny Depp trial been really fascinating on so many levels, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So guilty yet? No, they haven't come up with a verdict. So yeah, the verdict, the verdict's out, the verdict's out. Yeah. Or the jury's out. out The jury's out. So the verdict hasn't come back. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a hard law is an interesting thing and how the jury can determine it really has, they're kind of bound by the law. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's always interesting to see what a jury does and sort of how defamation works because it's a defamation case. Mm -hmm. Um, but how it, you know, how, how it's worded and what the jury's able to do will be really interesting to see how they do it. So, Yeah. But if you like law, if you like, um, I don't know, just the truth. I mean, people who fight for the truth and are willing to sacrifice everything, in my opinion, which is why Johnny Depp brought up this case and you're, because he doesn't make him look pretty, mm-hmm. but you see the truth shine through and it, it's, and I'm, I'm there for those things. Those things make, because we all want you know what? We all want justice. Mm. We all want it. And um, I think especially now today, like more than anything, because we see the atrocities happening in the world over and over and over again on small levels, on big levels in our own life. And I think people are hungry for justice. They are hungry for the truth. They are hungry for a leader to rise up and do what's right, right? All the things. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's, I, yeah, it is a good distraction. I haven't really watched that much of it. Only of what you've told me and stuff, which is very interesting. (laughs) The, the, that interest. Yeah. Just a lot of interesting facts about what's going on and stuff like that. But I like what you say too, because it doesn't make Johnny Depp look good. And Mm -hmm. for him to, I know that for him to, I think if humanity could admit how much we're wrong and how much we are ugly to get just like in in ourselves of who we are in order to fight for the truth, imagine what the world would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not perfect. Hello, wake up. We're not. exactly. (laughs) And we've got some very, very ugly things that we don't want people to see that are being that he was willing to display, Mm -hmm. you know, which to me, there's a lot of courage in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, so we know know who you're voting for, right? (laughs) Yes. Well, I believe she met Johnny Depp, truth. y'all. She's yes. okay. Funny fact about Rachel. She knows a lot of famous people because y'all <laughs> she's an actress. I don't think you guys know this, but on our last hike, which I wanted to post about, but tragedy struck once again and allowed it just I hadn't I haven't gotten to post about our hike. Yeah, that hike. Because did it happen that day or the day after the day after? Okay. The day after, yeah. Day after our hike, it was, we'll talk about it, but, uh, yeah. So I learned a lot about Rachel and you guys would be probably wanting to know too. Yes. (laughs) She was, she showed me a video. She was on a movie and she was fighting y'all. She was actually like fighting somebody. I was like, what? So I don't know how we could ever post that or how that could link to something or whatever, but she's met a lot of famous people, hung out with a lot of famous people, and it's very interesting, fun fact about Rachel that that we know. No, she was in her twenties. Yes. Now you're still in your late twenties, mm-hmm. so. right? <laughs> right. Still twenty years later. I'm twenty not that years and counting. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So yeah. So here we are, and distracting ourselves with reality and also distracting with ourselves with not reality, just trying to get through what we're getting through. But we want to connect. We want to put words to what you might be feeling and thinking. And if you're not in a place to talk about the uh, school shooting that just recently happened, then I would recommend probably just not listening to this right now. And I want to be sensitive to those ears because I get that. Like we're all in a place of trying to, take on what we can only take on and take off what we can only take off because in a sense, we're all kind of in survival mode of some sort. Yep. Right. I mean, yeah. Or living in oblivion. So whatever, which way you choose, I feel like I need to say that this is the way we're going to be going because we both need to process just what's been on our mind. And I haven't really, we haven't really talked since the hike, really just texting here and there, but, um, we on the hike, she was getting the sense you were getting the sense of like this heaviness that's coming, you know, remember how you were saying that? Yes. Like it feels like the thunder clouds are rolling in. They're here. It's just an ominous, heavy feeling. I mean, I know I'm not the only one that feels this. You said mm-hmm. it, you did too. Yeah. I didn't, and I felt it and I didn't really know 
the words to say, like what, how to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feel it yeah. Pain. You said it right. Yes. And it's funny that it, that was the day before. I mean, and I don't even feel like even with what's happened with the school shooting, when I heard about it, my heart sank and I was not shocked. Mm-hmm. I, we are at the place, I'm at the place where I am not surprised anymore, which is, is sad. It's sad. It's, it's telling. I remember when the Sandy Hook one happened, I was, sh- we were shocked. Yeah. I mean, and here we are just nauseated and sick and not shocked. And, um, in fact, I have not, I have also, when the Sandy Hook one happened, I read so much about it and was just like, so into what was happening and processing that grief. I think for me, the way that I do it a lot of times is like, I know this may sound weird, but I want to be there for those people and, and, and my, with my heart, with my grief, with my prayers, with the empathy, even though I'm not there, but because we all are parents that have kids that go to elementary school and imagining what that would happen to like, that's my way of being there. Like, I know that sounds weird. I think other, I think people try and find some meaning or purpose of where we are as a human race and dealing with this together. And I was, that was my way of, that's kind of my way of just being there or try, I don't know, trying to, you know, make sense of it. But with this school shooting and with everything going on, like it was just too, I was like, I was like, I, I can't carry the heaviness of, of reading all the stories right now. Like I want to know kind of what it happened and like, why is this keep, why is, does this keep happening? I think everyone asked that question. Why does this keep happening? It doesn't have to, it seems like. It seems like on so many different levels, there's so many things that seem like you could prevent these events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's what a lot of people probably feel like. Uh, and yeah. and on to add to like a sense of hopelessness because things have been in place to supposedly prevent supposedly this happening, which we can agree. I mean, people would probably say that's not, it's wasn't necessarily the answer to like doing lockdowns and doing all this stuff, the answer to it all, obviously. And that this is, that was the first thing I thought when I heard, I was just like, the system is wrong. It does not work. This lockdown, Mm -mm. putting it on the kids. Mm -mm. Like, Mm -mm. I mean, Mm -mm. that was, I was infuriated. And so my heart always, like when you talk about the families and stuff like that, my heart always tends to go right to the kid. Like with, I I said in my last podcast, like the biggest, hardest thing for me in the past couple of years was dealing with, or thinking about the hopelessness in which kids feel like they need to commit suicide. I mean, my God, I mean, it's like when you, we've lived in the world long enough to not understand a lot, but also get through a lot, I guess. But when you're a kid and you already feel drowned before you even get started, I mean, this does not help. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) And when when your kid is already struggling or you're, 
I mean, it's hard enough as it is just to exist in the hardships that it is to grow and to learn from your mistake. You know, like you're a kid, you're grow, you're making mistakes all the time. You're struggling. You're, you're, right. there's a lot of good, but there's also a lot of struggle and it's, I don't really, I feel like there's no way for me to protect that, you know? Yeah. I mean, and we, go ahead. You feel very, I feel very powerless. Exactly. And not in a good way, like not in no. a surrender way. <laughs> like, no, 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 a hopelessness like, way. Like, yeah. there, like, and this is how it feels to me. I mean, and I'm addressing it on a level of society with, because it is, because the problem, the problem is in our society. And I feel like everybody keeps going. My friend was like, we need more unity and less divisiveness. And I'm like, well, okay. Yes. However, what's happening is more and more division. Divisiveness is the quality of dividing the root of it. So it's more and more division. Well, what? is something you can look at in our bodies that happens when you have a living cell that divides uncontrollably. It's a malignant tumor. And what is that malignant tumor does? It kills its host. We are figuratively and literally dying. And, and, and that's what's happening. That is what is happening. And so you have to have a cure for that. Yeah. And, and so- I- what do you what are you thinking about the uh, Christian side of things? Like, what are you? Because that's the only oh, hope. It is the only hope. But how people are saying it, though, yeah. like, so, how do you grieve in hope? Like, God is close to the brokenhearted. Yeah, that's been really comforting, you know. Um, but I don't know. I guess I've just been kind of in a standstill. Like what, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you read online, like it's almost to be ex- like in a Christian community, it's almost to be expected that these things happen because that's what it says in the Bible that, you know, yes. blah, 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 yep. blah. okay. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I get that. But that doesn't help yeah. me <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> to be expected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, and then, and, and then people like when you read the Bible with the, when people were in Egypt starving for years and years and years, you know, it's, there's been a lot sure. of lots of things in the Bible. You could read about child sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a lot there that, yeah, there's a lot of horrific things in the Bible and Jesus does say, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, he go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, I don't know what I was going to say now. So he says in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Right. So I take heart in that, but I don't feel good about it. And I've surrendered to the fact that it's just true, but I don't feel good about any of it anymore. And right now, like, I just am like, there's not another answer, but that, but that. There's not another answer except for Jesus is coming back. Jesus is going to make it right. And we'll understand one day 
and I'm not, I can't, I can't argue or fight or have the energy, don't, I, nor do I have the knowledge to know why these horrific things happen over and over and over again throughout time and history. I mean, and I know because man has fallen and man has sinned and evil has come into the world. And this is, this is Satan's realm. This is evil's realm right now. And, um, but there's a greater story of God's redemption. And I will tell you, like, I'll share, I kind of told Tiffany this and I'll share with you guys. So, oh, wow. I mean, this is, I don't know. I'm going to share a part of this. We were going through a really hard time when Sandy Hook happened. (laughs) How much should I go into this? So uh, my husband, I guess I'll just say it. Rick was in during the real estate agent. I mean, during the real estate, like when all that stuff was going down in 2008, 2009 was involved with an investor that ended up committing fraud. And Rick was, he was um, working with him and found out kind of in the middle of it and tried to get out of it and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, they ended up charging Rick with conspiracy to commit like wire fraud or something on this deal. And so he had to go to like a Martha Stewart camp, I call it like the federal prison, not the ones behind bars, but where you go to like a camp and it was really horrible. And so um, he had gone, I think in August and Sandy Hook happened. Yeah. Like in the fall, right? It happened in December. Oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It happened in December. So it happened in December was Rick gone? I can't remember now the details. I blogged about it. I blogged about this experience, what happened. So he must've been gone. He had to have been gone. Yes, he was gone. So there was this song that he, before he left that we would sing in church called, um, you bring restoration. Have you ever heard that song? You bring restoration. I'm not going to sing. You bring restoration. It's like, and it's, and it's talking about how God, the verses where God says, you turn mourning into dancing, you turn, you know, you turn our tears into joy, you turn it, God, you turn it, you bring restoration. And before he left and we knew he was going to get sentenced. Um, I remember being like him just, you know, collapsing during this song in the hope and the truth of that. And there were people around us during church that just turned around and put their hands on him and start praying over, over him and over us who knew our story, that knew the story, knew what was coming. And um, anyway, so I, he was gone and he'd left in August and this happened in December and it was, I think Sandy Hook happened like on a Thursday or Friday. So this was church on Sunday. Now at this time, none of the pictures of the kids had come out and we were singing that song in church. And I just was thinking about what had happened. And I was thinking about our own life and I was thinking about the hearts and I closed my eyes and I, and I've never, I've heard people that have had visions before, which I was like, was like, that's so weird. I don't know if I believe in that, whatever, never like even considered it like anything to be real just like okay that's what someone says i don't know because i've never experienced it whatever so i close my eyes during the song and i cannot explain to you what this experience was it was a vision that i had i've never had anything like it before i've never had anything like it since and 
I should have read my blog before because I wrote it all down afterwards and I kind of never wanted to think about it again. Mm-hmm. Um, or I just wanted it like, I didn't want to glorify this experience, like about like, oh my gosh, I la la la. I wanted it to, it was sacred. It was yeah. a sacred experience. Sure. And I, I put it up on my blog and I'm like, God, if you want to do anything with this or whatever, this is, I'm going to give it to you. Cause I don't even know. But anyway, I closed my eyes and it was like, I, all of a sudden I was in this different place. I was looking over like a mountain range, kind of over into this valley of this beautiful like place. And there were three circles of kids and they were all the kids that had died. And I couldn't see all of their, I couldn't see most of their faces. They were like almost blurred. And I could see God there sitting and they were having this beautiful, joyful celebration. And like, I can cry when I talk about it. It was the most beautiful thing. There was no joy. I mean, there was no pain, nothing. I have never felt that kind of happiness and joy and peace, like throughout my whole being in spirit. That I felt in that moment, like I can't even not even explain what it was like. Wow. Because it was incredible. And then there were th- there were three kids, one specifically that looked like my daughter. And I couldn't see her face per se. Like it's hard to explain what this was like because I've never I, I, I couldn't give you an earthly comparison. But I couldn't see her face, but she reminded me my daughter and her hair was like my daughter. I remember what she was wearing. She was wearing this kind of little, she was wearing little Ugg boots and a little um, turquoise kind of dress. So I remember those details. I remember a detail of a little boy with like a blonde bowl cut. I couldn't see like his face. And then I remember a girl that was like kind of multiracial, like, and then I could see all of the kids, but those were the three specific details that I had remembered, especially the girl that looked like my daughter. The other two, I just remember in this experience where they were in these three circles I could just remember them. And then, but I knew it was all the kids in these three circles in the celebration. And so like, I was just in this moment, I was watching it. I was watching it. And then um, I opened my eyes and what I, and I was in church with the song singing, singing the song. And, and my first thoughts were like, oh my gosh, what was that? And I, and I remember thinking that was the most real experience that I've ever had so I don't even know how to explain that to you but like that was the realest experience and I knew also that what I was seeing wasn't I knew what I saw wasn't exactly what was happening it was um I I don't even know it was like a maybe a, a mirror of something happening or whatever or it was an explanation or this beautiful thing but it was but it was real so it's like I don't, I, I can't even put it into words. I wrote it down. I blogged about it. I journaled about it. And I was like, I don't want to over ever overthink that or like try to make sense of it. I just want to report what I saw. And, um, the, and, and then the next Monday or Tuesday, the pictures of the kids came out and I saw the girl, I knew which girl was the one that looked like Arista and her name was like Jessica Ricos. And I've never reached out to her parents. And one day I want to, you know, I've thought about it, but it's never felt like that that's the right time. I don't know if God wants me to or whatever, but there was her. And then there was two other kids. I can't remember their names. Maybe there was one 
that in the picture, I didn't see with the blonde bowl cut when I first saw the pictures. Is it Danny? No. I saw a later picture of him and that looked, that wasn't the ones that normally came out. And I think his name was like maybe Chase. Had like a blonde bowl cut. Oh, and his mom had had a vision of him. His mom had a vision of him. And she explained it. And it was like, I was like, oh my gosh. And then there was a little multi, kind of multiracial kid, like kid that I knew. But I, I saw them all. I knew it was all of them. But there were three of them for whatever reason that I specifically had these traits or features and specifically Jessica Rico's that I, for some reason, like knew when I saw their pictures, not Chase, I saw his later, that it was them, Jessica specifically. It was so weird. Wow. And I'm like, I don't, isn't that weird? And I want to share with them one day because I just... I just, I don't know what that was about. I don't know why I had that. I don't know why that came to me, like what that was about either. I don't understand it, but I do want to say, all I can say is after I had that, the things that I knew were that the joy and the love and the peace and that amazingness, you take all your joys in your life and multiply them by a bazillion. And it was greater than that. I cannot even explain it. I cannot explain it. And it was realer than anything more real than I've experienced in my whole life. So those are like some of the things that I can tell you. And it was with these kids. So I don't know. And God was so, it was so beautiful. He was there with them. It was just incredible. So I have a like blog post and I can give it to you too. If you want to share it, like post it somewhere for your readers just to read about it. I mean, I it was that, just amazing. I think that would be amazing. You should, yeah. you should do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what people need. I think that's what we need or those stories because it's like, it's always, it's like, <clears throat> there's that. And then there's here. There's no like in yeah. between, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was telling yeah. my kids. I was just like, <clears throat> You know, they, they don't really, they haven't real, they, it's not that they don't feel about it or think about it. It's that if they do, I don't really know when they do because this is their way of life. Right. Like yes. the day after, so we went on the hike and then the, sh- the shooting happened. And then the day after the shooting happened, I went into sub and it was like, and it was in the high school and it was like, it never even happened. And I'm sitting yeah. there thinking mm-hmm. like in a cloud, like, like, is this like in the twilight zone? Like no one's talking about it and kids, I can expect Mm -hmm. that, but with adults, even like I walk in the building and I was like, Oh, what a morning. And they're like, Oh, what happened? And I'm like, really? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm not even going to say anything to that because it's like, clearly you're not on the same thought process or something. I don't know. It was just really weird. It was like, I feel like there should have been support for the teachers there or like for the adults too, because it's, it's, it, I don't think I've ever felt more hopeless. Like, and you're walking into a a, a war zone, what it feels like, because it's like, you don't, the chances of it actually happening low, but in the light of how that took place, it is clear, even more clear that no one is really safe. These lockdowns say, you know, the the security guy wasn't even there. How did they open the door with a key? Like what the hell? Like it just, it's, it's, it was baffling. And to to know the place that it took place and the um, they've had lockdowns more than anyone in the whole country really because of where they're located at a borderline control place. And yes, it's like, and the trained officers had been trained to go 
into the building and they didn't. They I had just, been trained. And <sighs> the girl, the girl, there's no denying 11 year old girl who survived, who put blood on herself. Oh, I haven't heard this story. Yeah, she she was she played dead. Was she in that classroom? She was in the classroom and she got ricocheted. So she was in the hospital after that, but she heard the cops outside and they wouldn't come in. And she, she, so, so it'll be interesting to know the exact timeline because the timeline does show that 911 had been called multiple times and no cop had come in. Oh, oh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that little girl heard the cops and could not understand why they're not coming in. There's no denying the fact that it's a bad, bad deal. And the reason why I, she survived was because she played dead and put her, I don't know if it was her friend or a body next to her's blood on herself. Oh my gosh. 11 years old. Yeah. So I just, you know, and the, you know, the kid was barricaded in those two classrooms, essentially, because it was an adjoined classroom and he went in and he was just the account in which the 11 year old girl spoke and spoke of him was, I have never heard such clear evil of that human being. What did she say? She said he shot the teacher, he said, looked at the teacher and said, good night and shot her. She saw that like just pure. It's just, and then played taunting music. Like he was just, Oh, wow. Yeah. Not mental illness. Evil. Evil. (sighs) Let's clarify that. It was straight evil. And I think that's what, so it's just a lot. It's just, wow. I, and I don't know if there were other kids in the classroom that had survived as well. I don't really, I think, I don't know. I don't really, I kind of go in from reading it to not reading it. And then there's yeah. more that comes out and, uh, but the investigation in which it's going to go down, is going to be pretty darn like, it just, I walked into the class the next day thinking I am absolutely not safe here. And yeah, you're sitting duck, you're a sitting duck. And I was thinking, and, and I know my kids have said they have thought about where they would be if they did get shot or if so a shooter would come, what they would do. And I think yeah. a lot of parents are rethinking what they're telling their kids versus what the school is telling them, because it's like, what the hell? Like one parent I was talking to was just like, they told their kid, you run like hell. Yeah. If there's a window. You Find run like hell. Bit. You yep. get out there. I don't care what the, what you get out, you get out. Um, I've heard that. Um, I've heard a parent, many parents say you do play dead, which is more what I think we were kind of telling our kids, but we're still uh, ruminating over the actual experience. But as far as spiritually speaking, though, I think telling my kids, we're not living for the earth that we live today. You know, we're here for an experience. We're here to learn. Uh, but there is life after death. This isn't the end story. So the evil that you're seeing is not the end. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. focusing on, I mean, didn't, when I say you, I was just tell you on the hike, I was like, I mean, I'm, we're halfway there. We're half dead. 
like we're yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this is a race and we're running it. And um, kids, you're coming along. I don't care what you believe, but you're coming along. And there is more to this than what you're seeing. And that's what I'm holding on to, you know. And so, again, this is just like a. Uh, it's just a, a jumble of words. You know, I've had lots of conversations and, uh, I think, I think it's, it's focusing on the life after death of what's to come. And there is no answers as far as making sense of it. And I think all of us want to make sense of it. I think all of us want to make sense of it. I think all of us want to have justice for it. And I think all of us want change for it. So we want to make sense of it. We want justice and we want change. And right now there's really none of that. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it makes us feel so powerless. But then hearing your story of your experience, I mean, that's next level. That's like, wanting that's knowing that there is life after death. We don't know the purpose of that. We don't know the purpose. There is no making sense of why that had to happen, why that did happen, why that was let happen. I know that it wasn't, I know that this earth was created not for sin, that it comes back down to the Adam and Eve and the whole shebang there and why there's evil. I don't understand. I don't understand, but having knowing that there is life after death, having knowing that faith is real, that miracles have happened, those exist. And so in the Christian community, be careful how you portray that because because people do need to feel the way they feel. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. Feel some... Supported and feel yeah. like, yeah, you're not alone. You know, I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. I'm okay with it because there's life after death and Christianity, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I am absolutely in it with you. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. You know? And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's just mind boggling, you know, it is. And there's a reason why we feel the way we do the, we, that we feel the horror of it. It's because it is God. Yeah. God, I believe feels the horror of it. He sees Mm. the horror of it. He's right there with us. He put it in our hearts that this is horrific, that I, this is not right. We all know this isn't right. Everyone knows. And it's because he put that in our hearts. So I think the hard part for most people and for like me, even where I get upset with God is, I think this is kind of like, I think about this as being a really mind boggling thing, like A, God thinks this is horrific, but he's all powerful. Mm-hmm. Why is he letting, and then you get mad at him. If you're all powerful, why? Mm-hmm. You can stop it. You can, and that's why I get so mad at him sometimes because I do believe he is who he says he is. Mm-hmm. 
and that he is all powerful and all knowing. And then this horror is happening where he could stop it. He could. And, um, and he doesn't. And so like, I think that's where lots of people lose their faith, which I can understand like that. You know, I can understand it's a, it's a, it's a place. Let's that spot of knowing God's all knowing and he's all powerful and he's all loving and to allow these horrific things to happen and to allow into that space for our hearts to come before the throne of God and sit with that is extremely difficult, but I'd also say that it's extremely important. Probably the most important thing that we can do is approach the throne of God, of all knowing, all powerful and probe him mm-hmm. and look at our own lives and also surrender to him that we don't know, that we don't understand, that we trust him in our, because he is, we trust him because he says he is who he says he is. I mean, and that's it. It comes down to that. Not because life is going well. Cause he said, you know what he says? He says, we'll have trouble. He says that he says there's evil let out of the world. He says the devil's this Satan, you know, like a lion about to approach. He says all these things that are true. They're true, you know, and he says, he's going to come back one day and he's going to make it all right. He's going to redeem it. He's going to bring restoration and it's coming and just to trust him. And he's never faulted in what he said. If you look through the totality of the Bible, his promises are answered from the old Testament to the new Testament. They're answered over and over and over again. He never contradicts, contradicts himself ever. Mm-hmm. And so we just aren't there yet. And I had a thought, like when you're talking to that in thinking about when you're saying like, and the frustration in which we know God is all powerful and that, why wouldn't he stop something like that? Or why these things are happening when he is all powerful. I look at the fact that the fact that Jesus, that he had to send his son to die on the cross to make it all right. Yeah. To even be where it is right now says a lot because obviously had he not done that, I don't, I don't, we don't understand why would he have to send a son to do that? Like that's, he wouldn't have had to send us. Like if you're saying he's all powerful, all that stuff, why would he have to send Mm -hmm. a son to experience the brutality Mm -hmm. of the cross? Because it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Him, if you've ever seen the Passion of the Christ, just mm-hmm. which kind of depicts the brutality of death on a cross, on a crucifix, which is the worst way to die ever, and that's the way he, Jesus, died. You're right. That is that it that speaks to this evil. The evil really? it does because and he to, had to do that for to redeem yeah. whatever is this is. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah. And there's a yeah. lot to not understand about it, but right. that is a huge wake up call. Like 
I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think one word or two words technically would be free will. Like there is a, there, the free will component into which we have in this life is, I think one of the most intimate things I think God wants us to know and have like free will, because without that it's, then it's not a choice, you know, and he, he created us, you know, and to choose him, he wants to, he doesn't need us. He he, you know, he wants us to have that free will, you know? Right. And so I think, you know, and, and unfortunately evil comes into that, like, because this is an evil world and why would he have let Satan have control of that? I don't freaking know, but it's, but he had to send his own son in order to redeem that. So, you know, in order for us to have what we have. Yeah. So it's just, there's a lot, there's big, big, big things in place to have faith in. And there's also a lot of things to have to let go. Yeah. You know, in all areas, like, and however you get through that, we get through it. I mean, bitter, if you want to go through it bitter, then go through it bitter. I don't know. I mean, I just, I think, I think what you're saying as far as going to the throne and being like, I absolutely do not know how to exist right now is a good place to be because the only way we can get through this is with him. Yes. It just is. I don't want to right now, you know, but how am I going to go to school and sub knowing that there is a person that could come in and just shoot it up? You know, there has to be an element of trust in some way. Yeah. 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 Denial, trust. uh, You know, it is it. You know, I was telling Brian, I was just like the teachers that were holding their kids. Like, I was just like that. That's me. Like, that's where I would be. You know, I just, I picture myself in their shoes. Right. I picture yeah, myself yeah. and being like, yeah, that's where I would be too. Like you, I think part of it is when you're grieving those kind of things, it's like, you're picturing yourself and what you would be like in those circumstances. Because yes. Those are your yes. kids. Yes. Right. I mean, you yes. are, those kids that got shot are, is our kid. Yes that's the reality of it. And that's the heaviness of it. And that's what every, especially parent mom thinking that's my kid right there. Like we are not immune. And so you're, and so it even brings even more how not in control you are of the, if anybody is not in control and that is the reality. Right. 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 So, right. Are we, are we grieving the fact that we're even more or less in control than we think we are? I mean, oh my God, I just, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot, there's a lot to take in, you know, if you're depending on how you, how you want to look at it, do you want to just look at it? Like, well, that happened and I'm going to be okay with where I'm at now because that's, I'm alive in my space and I have these kids that are alive that, you know, like, do you live in denial? I mean, 
These, yeah, are, the thoughts I'm, I mean, these are the thoughts I'm having. Yeah. Like, what do you do with it? What do we do with things like this that happen? And, and not to, into, in the mix of the struggle that we already have. If you right. have addiction, if you're having problems already, like, you know, it's our lives are might, we not may not be dealing with death right now, but they're not exactly, you know, we have our struggles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what are the question is, what can you do? What power do you have to do? And what are you powerless where you have to just give it to the Lord and Mm. trust that he's going to make it all work out, you know, which he will, but because I mean, it just seems like, I don't even understand. It seems like, I'm like, why is there not better leadership? Why are there not better leaders rising up to confront all facets of this problem, more security in school, you know, you go through it, more security in school is just having like, I mean, there seems like, okay, if you don't want to do anything about the assault rifle problem, then provide more security. Like, you know, like there's options. There's many options, like make something happen. Like nothing is happening. I don't get, that's the part I don't get that nothing has happened since Sandy Hook. I know. That's the part that blows my mind. It does. And and with Sandy Hook too, two parents of those kids, uh, Chase and, and a girl, like the, it was like a guy parent and a girl parent got together and started like this, this campaign for change. And I forget the, so, and then like, I think it was two boys that had died. There, there are two boys that had died. Devin, was that maybe one of his names? Mm, I think it I, was like Chase. I think one of them was Chase. I thought it was Danny, but it was Chase. Um, I was looking him up as you were talking, but I used to give money to this organization that they were doing. And I, the first, one of the first times I had when the shooting happened, I was just like, oh my God, they must just be like even worse thinking like their efforts, you know, of their efforts. I just think. And their child's life and like, yes, trying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was Chase and there was a Daniel. I, there's just a few parents that really were trying to, I forget the organization. I still get, Oh, Dylan. Dylan. That's the one that I was thinking about. Dylan. Yeah. Um, I think he did a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That those parents were, I mean, imagine how they feel right now. Oh, like, I know. It's probably re- so re-traumatizing. Re-traumatizing and the effort. Like that makes me oh, want to have yes. no effort because it's right. like, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh my God, the resources and the, taking their tragedy into action. Yeah. I'm like, it makes me want to fall asleep because it's like, oh my God, I can't even imagine like how they must feel like hearing this. But now. again, it's the, I just get to the point where it's like, why is not, and I think everyone is, what is preventing the money from uh, oh i think it's money there. i think it's i think it, part of it is money the gun company the gun, the gun thing like uh like i think the nra supports a lot of these governments Letting, you know and oh, so right right, right. Those, get yep, voted yep. in and then it's like then they lose yep. the money it's, and then who's what like i know i know and i feel like honestly like that feels like so the money and the power is mm-hmm. ruling over and treasured among over so much our kids lives our lives the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. that whole 
opioid addiction thing blew mm-hmm. my mind. If you guys haven't seen the documentary, The Pharmacist, mm-hmm. go watch it. It's yeah. unbelievable that they are creating addictions. They know they are. Mm-hmm. So they can have money. Like, so they can, uh, you know, they're exploiting us for their wealth. And then they, and then on the back end, they create rehab centers, <laughs> the same people. So they can make money off of rehabbing people. They, I mean, it's below the, it just blows my mind, the, the evil. And so when you are in cahoots with that. Mm-hmm. There's just one little and, tie, one little tie, yes. to another little tie, yes. another little tie, there's a little tie, yes. and then you're stuck. And then you're like, well, you know, there's just, there's just a lot we don't know. Clearly. There is so much we do not know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yes. little things get exposed, but I think part of that, that is the hopelessness for me because it's like, to me, it seems perpetuated. Like it's just more and more money, more and more evil, more and more behind the scenes. People don't know about more and more exploitation. Another one is, you know, that social media documentary where you can see whatever it was called. Um, oh, I can't think of it right now. It's about, um, it's just exposing how um social media has learned to exploit us and oh yeah what was that um it's another i mean it's just yeah we saw that one the social network something social network is that what it is the social yeah. network yeah the documentary um on that social network yeah i don't think it's a, what is it you don't um think? i don't think it's that but let's see on netflix uh i think it is on Social network documentary. Excuse us why we look this up. Because you're going to want to watch it. My it teenager so, watched it on his own. Uh, on social media. The social experiment. <laughs> Where uh, we all. The social dilemma. The oh, social dilemma. oh, okay. The social dilemma. Yes. The social dilemma. That one. And these are people that worked at all the companies uh-huh. and they don't even of, they do not let their kids yes they don't let their kids because they know how evil and wicked mm-hmm. it is it's wicked mm-hmm. yeah so i incur and and i think the best thing that we can do is just become as much aware as we can of like what's happening to try and protect our family and our kids and even though it seems it just seems like such an overwhelming problem and it's so infiltrated in our lives and with our phones and like everything like that to me it just seems so overwhelming it's like lord i do not know how to navigate any of this and i don't think we were made to (laughs) you know like that's the point which is what we were talking about before tiffany and that other podcast that we that what we were talking about the pocket that never happens. <laughs> that never happens. That it feels terrible about that, by the way. Well, yeah, he was, was, you know, I could take responsibility for it, but we all know it was Brian who <laughs> forgot to plug in. The, no, I should. I, oh, so it wasn't plugged in. Is that what was going on? Oh, did I never tell bad. you? Yeah. I no, kinda, I didn't say anything. Was it was bad. The audio was bad, but it was the microphone that wasn't plugged in. And so. Oh. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a, a setting you have to do on the computer that says, oh, the mic is, okay. Yeah, so it was a different, it was picking up a different speaker onto the computer is what was happening. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. But I guess I, I didn't mean, want to out him because I felt bad because I know he was 
he doesn't ever really make mistakes, but he, it was his fault. It was his <laughs> fault. <laughs> All right. So where were you at? Yeah. Just that we were talking about how community and how relationships are transcendent mm-hmm. and that they're having community and being in groups to talk these things through, to have accountability, to help each other through this overwhelming life Mm -hmm. is so, so needed, you know? And, um, and also I think that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah. And, And I think coming from COVID too, just, I mean, I'm not really motivated to go out all that much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, it's just for better, for worse, you know, but I think I do. I think that isolating yourself is absolutely not the way to go. We all know that, yeah. that in community yeah. there is strength and that strength is, is necessary. I mean, even looking at the families who have lost, even if it is through a screen, um, you can see that they're coming together to try to get through it, not make sense of it, but to lean on each other, Yeah, you know, and whatever that looks like, you know, um, and, and, and then on top of that, there's personal stuff too. We lost a friend on mother's day and his, his memorials on uh, June 10th and, you know, there's, there's just a lot. It's yeah. And then you got your kids at home that are burnout or God knows what, you know, it just never ends. Yeah. We all know that yeah. it just never ends. Yeah. And so yes. what are the things then? So what are the things, healthy things that we can do right now to, mm-hmm. I would say pass the time, but that's not yeah. probably the best way to say it. <laughs> How about find the path through suffering? Yeah. Finding the light, the little things, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think my my pastor used to say, and I always like this because it makes it simple. And, you know, what stirs your affections for Christ and what robs your affections for Christ? You know, whatever stirs your affections, do those things whatever robs your affection, don't do those things. And so Mm -hmm. if you're not a believer per se, I would say what stirs your affections for what's good, what's right, what's true, what's honorable, what's loving, what stirs your affections for those things and what robs your affections. And if it being on social media, I think judging people, I think judging people is a weapon of the enemy. It doesn't make any of us feel good. I think there's discernment, like this isn't okay or this isn't good or whatever, but being like, this is like, I, somebody posted something on social media that says, if you would just pray, that's evil. And I'm like, um, that's accusatory. <laughs> that is not <laughs> helpful. Right. You know, that's causing in, in, an inflammation and inflammatory response. That is not helping bring peace. Like if you need to pray, pray. If you need to do, you know, these good things, go do them. You don't, you, you just let's support each other in the good things. And then, you know, try not to be like accusing people or, or judging people or the things that make 
or not, or, you know, walk into relationships with grace um, because we're all jacked up. Mm-hmm. You know, we need it. I need grace. I need grace. And, you know, I am not perfect about any of this. I, oh, I hate when self-righteousness creeps up and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, God just, usually slaps yeah. me in the face when I start doing that with my own self-righteousness. Well, and getting to the root of why you feel that way. There's a, yeah, sure. Mm, I was talking to a friend and I think she comes more from the Buddhist side of things and her beliefs, but we were jiving on a lot of the same things, which was just the things that you can do right now, especially when you're trying to tell your kids is like, go help your friend that's at school. Like yeah. go, go do what you can do around you, you know, right. and, and perpetuate that kindness and that love. And, uh, because it does make a difference. It does make a difference. The small things do make a difference. They do in the, in the world of big, big, big problems in which we can't control. You are given the control to, of what's around you, little choices, you know, little things that, that make a difference. And I think when you do those pour into that, that feeling and that, that feeling of love and acceptance, that's, that's truth, right? I mean, that's truth. And, uh, you know, that's, that's that's good. Yeah. The little things, the little, and we should focus on as men, you know, on the little things, like, because even Jesus talks about if someone has faith, you know, just as big as a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed that turns into the biggest Mm -hmm. tree, right? Like it can grow into beautiful, huge things. So just focus on the smallest mustard seed beans, smallest mustard seed faith, the smallest little acts of self-sacrifice of love. Like you said, I love that. I think that you're right. Um, because if we shout out to big, India, shout out to India. Cause we were, in, we had a huge conversation that about that. Yeah. India. Yeah. She, Hi, India. India. <laughs> yeah. She's really good at, uh, the kid psychological part of a lot of this too. Not, not, not understanding the, the evil that's happened, but just how to love your kid through it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that kind of thing and acknowledging maybe the emotions behind it. And like what you said, like with self-righteous, like, well, why, like, what is the emotion behind that? Like yeah. getting to the root of what the cause of what is, is perpetuating that thought, you know, not the shame, yeah. part of it. like, well, I'm self-righteous. I need to stop that. Right. But like, yeah. what is the feel? What is, what is that? Like going deeper? Yeah, that's deeper, good. Right. Like, Yes. Um, yes. Totally. That's grace. Yeah. That's grace. And there's this, yeah. uh, she reads a lot. She's like, uh, she reads on like this, uh, psychologist, his last name is Newfeld. I forget his first name, but anyway, uh, and this other person who ha- basically invented this wheel of emotion. And, and so I actually got the pillow for it because a lot of counselors use it. And I'm going to post it on this Instagram our this topical life Instagram, but it's, it's, it takes all the emotions and puts a name to it, but also like you, you have the emotion center part of it. And then it branches out to another set of emotions and then another set of emotions. And then it becomes what is not emotions, but, but what we tend to put emotion to. So, yeah. So it's, I, I got the pillow cover 
And there's like magnets and this and that. And, you know, some amazing person invented it basically. But, and then people adapted to it, adopted, adapted, you know, made their own versions and stuff like that. But getting, getting to the root of what your feelings really are, because that tends to drive a lot of people. Right. So, yes. And that's not always, that's not always the right path because it can right you know because because like anger is a second door anger is a secondary emotion Mm -hmm. usually anger comes out of like fear grief or fear right like it's like yes so that's really yeah so finding out what's underneath that is really good yeah especially with kids having to deal with big things that are happening you know yeah and us as parents trying to is this mental health or is this just being a teenager? Is this this, or is this that like as parents and maybe we're not parents, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's, you know, who knows people in general that you're dealing with, uh, cause people are complicated. So it does take a load off when you can get to the root of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and so back to things that we can do to help us during this time, not isolate, think focusing on the little things that do bring you joy. And I have mentioned this in other podcasts and I think a lot of people have too, which is realizing that the, the not making sense of like having to make sense of it to I feel like as humans, we want to make sense of it in order to feel close to God because it's a relationship, you know? And the thing about God is, is that there isn't nothing, there is nothing you, there's not a lot you can make sense of because he is so much bigger. Like this world, like your spiritual life is bigger than who you are. And so having that faith, faith is not knowing totally in what you believe. It's trusting that. Right. And right, so right. with that, with that, there ha- the times that I have felt the most free are the times I have not understood. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, right. Sure. I feel like I'm in that place right now. Like I can't, I thought I was thinking about that this more. Like I haven't been trying to make sense of anything. If I do, it makes me mad because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. And so I'm just trying not to, I'm just like, it doesn't matter. I mean, even when I think about moving to Oregon, I mean, moving to Texas from Oregon and I'm like, how, and, and the thought will come in my head, like, how could you take this away from me? Lord, I love it so much. And then I'm like, this isn't, and then the, the answer that I get is this isn't yours. It's mine. This is all mine. And when I hear it like that, I'm like, oh, it isn't mine. This isn't mine to have in mind to consume. This was a gift. I'm just going to leave it like that. And I'm going to accept the gift. And I'm going to hope and believe and trust that the Lord loves me. And does that make you feel freer? Yes, it does. Because I'm not trying to own things that are not mine to own. When you try and own things that are not yours to own, you are enslaving yourself. When you just like addictions like that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to own this, like I'm consuming something that is not, meant to be consumed in the way that I'm using it, you know, whatever that may be. And then it enslaves you. So yes, nothing. If I think about myself, think about that. Like it's just me. My kids are not mine. They are the Lord's. I am a steward over them. 
this life really isn't mine. It is his. How can I please him and steward my time well? I mean, and that is a battle every day, but when I can get to that place, I feel freer because if my life is just to live, to please love and glorify the Lord, doesn't matter where I'm at or what I'm doing or what happens, I can do those things. And I do believe that's what I'm here for, to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart and soul and love your neighbor. That's what he said. So everything else is his. Yeah. And he can meet you where you're at. So like, it's like in the way you're talking to, it's like that is, it's like for, for me, I'm more like, I can't even get to that place settled. Like for me, it's like, there are, I mean, sometimes like, sometimes I'm like, I can walk through that, like be like, I can show up to that, that mentality. I think lately more in this past couple of years, my mentality has been more like, I literally don't know a to B. So like, I want to believe that I'm free when I'm depending on you. And I need you to show me that like, like a infant going to a mom. Like I just, it's like, I've just, I think because of religion, you know, beating down on my mentality that I feel like I've in a sense started over, but not started over kind of more escalated the asking the hard questions for myself to be able to even go to the table. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And being like, I just show up for me. Period. Yeah. 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 I don't understand the other side and I don't understand even the discipline in doing it. It's just like, I just need you. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. that desperation, yeah. like, a fa- like a father to a child. Like I don't like we're walking through a journey right now where my teenager who has, is a, is, has a brain who knows how to do all these things, but has needs so much guidance and help that it's, it's like, wow, like he really can't figure it out you know like he really does need his parents you know and that love and that that acceptance even though he he's capable but he just can't yeah in some ways you know and so I kind of feel that way with myself like I'm just like I need a father to come in and freaking pick my ass up yeah yeah I just can't deal with the pain yeah you know like yeah yes (laughs) I know. I know. I didn't expect no. to cry. But I just Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And I think I think feel like you say feeling your pain and feeling your grief and telling the Lord. You know, I mean, the Psalms are all about David crying out to the Lord, God, how long, how long, please come save me, rescue me, help me. He does that. And then what he does is he also praises the Lord after that, which to me is kind of amazing. I'm like, if that's all you can do, and I've done that before, and it 
does something to your soul. It does. It transcends you out of the, it transcends you out of the circumstance for sure. I mean, how else do people get through losing a child, losing a spouse, losing a, you know, you're transcendent out of the, the, the turmoil a sense. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the only way to transcend it is praising the Lord. And we can all agree that music is transcendent. Mm -hmm. It's not like time. It's not like circumstances. It's something transcendent. Like it happens. It does something to our soul and praising the Lord. Just if you just sing a song, amazing grace or whatever. I know I've done that before in the moments and and it, it is well with my soul, whatever to just get, get, just get through it. Cause it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's too and, much. And what, what do you say to someone who's like, why would I want to praise a God who did what, who let that happen? You know, we, I feel like we need to cover that part a little bit just because we do yeah. know it's true. Like if we could take different words to praise God, it will transcend you. Well, I, it's hard to, it's a it's hard pile to swallow. If you've lost a kid and say, well, praise God, it will transcend you your situation. Yes. Okay. Let's, yes. let's add some clearer words that make sense of what I'm saying. Cause I know the feeling we've all, you know, I have and felt utter peace in turmoil. I have. Yeah, I have. So yeah. praising God okay. is yeah. not God. This is an awesome. This is awesome. That's not what it is. Praising God is saying, I am nothing and you are in this and you are good and I trust you. Or if you don't feel that way, I hope to trust you. Help. Praising Mm -hmm. God is acknowledging that he, or even hoping in that he he his promises and who he is are real in the midst of the horror and the tragedy the difficulty and that this isn't the end of the story these children dying from evil is not god's end of the story that's not it the cross wasn't in the end of the story jesus being murdered on the cross wasn't the end of the story the resurrection was And we have to, what, because you have to think of your alternatives. If you don't believe that, then what is the end of this story? Exactly. Because if it's just this earth, I mean, that I is been, complete I despair. Been, I would have been gone a long time ago. No doubt. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) it's a miracle that I've, it's like a a testimony to God's faithfulness and trust, because if you knew my head and my brain and where it's been through my (laughs) life, (laughs) oh yeah, I think there probably is a God, you know, um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is what's so powerful about a testimony. You know, that's why we do this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever said this before on the podcast is that 
um, I don't know if I've ever told you this, that this topical life was started because yes, for what it was started for, but as far as the palm trees go, you know, that whole theme of tropical and topical, you know, yes, there was a play on words, but I had a vision as well. And I was laying in bed once and I was thinking about this podcast and I closed my eyes and I saw palm trees. I was like, what? Cause I'm not really like a tropical person. Like yeah. I do like the beach. I like the mountain, you know, I like that stuff, but I'm not like one of those like hang 10 surfer girl, like tropical, right. you know what I mean? Right. But right. I looked up what a palm tree was and it it's a hope. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, that's why I start. That's why it started that way because of the palm trees were are represent hope. So yeah, I don't know if you know that palm trees were what they they mm-hmm. laid down mm-hmm. when Jesus walked his donkey mm-hmm. when he was walking to his death. That's awesome. So that's why you guys palm trees are there. It's not because yeah, I'm, because I love of, it. <laughs> it's not because <laughs> so like surfer chick tropical vacation person or whatever. No, it's because it's straight up hope. So that's what it is. Yeah. Wow. I'm really glad I got some tears out because I've been feeling kind of like numb with emotion, you know? Oh, good. You know? Yeah. I feel like that can wake you up. Yeah. I feel a little woke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. I feel, you know, I have so many different feelings. Yeah, and me too. I, I'm not numb. I haven't been numb. I don't think. I think I've been I've in shock. Shock, yes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe numb. In the, I feel a little desensitized, yeah. which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess in some way that's numbing, but. It's like coping. Yes. Yeah. It's just so nauseated, nauseating feeling. So, so that's where we're at. 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 We're so, okay. To sum up this discussion, walking away from this discussion for somebody in despair, it's that acknowledging what it could be without, you know, evaluating your circumstance of what is life after death, because this isn't the end of the story. So thinking about that, you know, if you're not a believer, if you're not, uh, you know, what do you believe? Because that is what I think we all have to look at in grasping what is actually going on in this world. Right. To survive, you know, that simple, I mean, it's not simple, but just, just that idea in and of itself. Also focusing on the good and spreading that good. Uh, what is bringing you life, you know, and we talked in the past, uh, the B word episode, uh, burnout, and I was having trouble getting even into doing the things that I enjoy because I'm so burnout, you know, and I have pushed myself a little bit into making little small steps into things that make me happy. And I have to say that that has helped. Uh, I've been spending time in my yard a little bit, just little things. And, and what I've learned with my 
son in going through burnout is I'll give you this advice is that if you can do something that you enjoy for 30 minutes, 15 minutes, just something you enjoy, uh, that isn't necessarily maybe doing screen or anything like that, but something that gets you out of your, like into your body maybe, or like into nature, into things that aren't screen, um, to escape, but to have part of. So it's, for instance, being, you know, for me, gardening is, is something that brings me life. Mm-hmm. Spending time with friends, brings me life. You know, what are those things that bring you life? And so in the, in the place of burnout though, it's hard to engage in that, you know? So what has helped my, uh, 17 year old is, or almost 17 is in his case of burnout right now is engaging in something that he knows will help him for 30 minutes and then taking oh, 15 yeah, minutes that's off, yeah. 30 minutes on 15 minutes off and just see where you go, you know, cause yeah. you might re-energize yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has helped him um, structure helps that. And, but don't think about where you need to be, you know, don't think yeah. about where you should be, where you need to be. What are the end results? Don't think about it like that. Just being like, present in what you know can bring you life is it going yes. on a walk yes. you know and then evaluating how do I feel you know for yes. me podcasting with Rachel right now has been it makes me feel good you know and yes. it brings life to me it's not just you know watching tv and stuff like that that's that's a that can be fun too but is it bringing you real joy life like what are those feelings that really bring you life you know because yeah because what evil wants is for you to be in absolute despair to the point where you can't even live. Yes. Yeah. To, to incapacitate you, mm-hmm. to harden your heart, mm-hmm. um, to distract you. Yeah, absolutely. It wants you to stop growing. It wants to destroy you. Evil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And so find you the things that you set, all those things that help you grow, that help you move, even just an action, moving, getting out of your house and going to a new place. That just does something to your brain. I think sometimes they even say Mm -hmm. like um, lots of times taking different ways home from work or walking home from school a different way kind of wakes up your brain, gets it out of that place of, and so try, I try and do that often and it is helpful. Just get you thinking differently. Um, but like you said, reading, I think reading stories for me, redemption stories, survivor stories. I love survivor stories more than anything because you see the deepest, darkest part of a person's life. And, um, and then how they came out of it. And those are so inspiring to me. Um, there's a documentary about um, soldiers that got the, you know, it's the medal of, it's the highest award they can get, this medal of honor, medal of whatever. And I, in the documentary, this guy said, what's so interesting about this medal is I got this medal, the highest honor on the worst day of my life. Mm. And I think about that because they're, gosh, you get this, I mean, that is what life is about, right? Like getting up and doing the hard things in the worst time, 
for your soul. Mm-hmm. You do it for your soul because your soul is a real thing. Your heart is a real thing. It is the thing inside you. You know, I've heard the quote, you, you don't have, you're not a body that has a soul. You're a soul that has a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so you've seen a dead care- person, you really see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like a totally different person when you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They're not even them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. Weird. Yeah. So taking care of your soul um, is so important and, and checking it and having other people checking in with other people. Like how I like to check in with other people. Like I'm, how am I doing right? Like, do I seem, or how can I be better for you? Or am I whatever? Because Okay. Um, I think it's hard to see ourselves a lot of times too. What, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to see if I'm like, my kids will be like, you seem like you're watching TV more mom. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, okay, thank you for letting me know. So I can be intentional about making sure I'm taking care of your needs too. If you, you know what I mean? Those types of things. Yeah. So bringing life to yourself and to your soul and that will perpetuate those around you. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely not being alone all the time uh, is not, is not a good thing to do right now. So, and is that a physical thing? Like, like what, how do we define being alone? I mean, basically what I'm saying is connection. Connection is vital to, this situations right now is connection soul searching bringing life to yourself to others um and the most thing that is a a miracle in and of itself is when you can go to god and worship and let him transcend you from what is going on because it is miraculous. And even though we don't understand what is going on, there is, there is a transcendent thing that happens. I mean, you talk to somebody who's lost, who's, who has lost, I mean, how do, how do they get through it? I mean, it's, it's beyond them obviously. And so it's beyond the circumstance and that's what we have to have hope and believe in because it, this is beyond us. We cannot control it and it is hopeless. And so we don't have to have the answers, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. not saying don't do anything. It's just saying we don't have to have the answers. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the thing I think answers my own question, because I think walking into this podcast, it's like so hopeless thinking, you know, obviously Sandy Hook happened and then multiples after that. And then now we're back to what feels like square one almost kind of worse because we've had all these things that thought might work and did not obviously. And so it just feels even worse. Yeah. So (laughs) I mean, you know, um, so yeah, that's, that's all I got to say today. I mean, what do you, do you have anything to add to today's podcast? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I love being on here and talking about this with you and hopefully everyone listening can find, you know, here, be right there with us and find some sort of hope or revelation or whatever. And what we're talking about and, 
you know, it'd be neat if we could like make a little chat sometime, do a live or something where you can hear other people's stories too, you know, just that are along for the ride. I don't know. Yeah. We about, you know what I mean? We should I know. do that sometime. We should do yeah. a live. Yeah, like a live. That'd be cool. Yeah, we should do that sometime. But we um, appreciate like everybody listening and, you know, everybody's on their journey and we're glad you're here with us. Yep. And like we always say, you are not alone. That's right. That's right. We're all together just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. Yes. You guys have a good week. Have a good something and uh we'll be back we are we are i will be back (laughs) baby steps um you guys have a good week we'll be in touch and you are loved and big hugs to you and have a good week talk to you guys later Bye. bye